0: As far as we know in history around 2,000 years ago, astrology was very widely respected and the kings and queens and rulers of countries would depend on astrologers to help them make major decisions. And Even still to this day throughout India, it's a major part of the culture and choosing partners in marriage and making important life decisions, planning auspicious events. But you've probably heard people challenge you and you bring up astrology maybe to your friends or family and they think it's silly and nonsense and like oh why do you believe that stuff so it's important to you hear different perspectives and this is how we strengthen our understanding of different topics so why has astrology become less commonplace and more dismissed and what do some of the leading scientists and researchers and modern astronomers think about astrology Today I'm going to share some of those perspectives and give my feedback on it. My name is Jeremy Devins This is the Quiet Mind Astrology podcast where I share all about Vedic astrology, which is using the sidereal zodiac, and it's quite a bit different than Western astrology. If you're new to this podcast, go back through the archives or check out quietmindastrology.com where you can do the Vedic Astrology 101 course or schedule a reading as long as you know your birth time, date, and place. And you can even get your Vedic Astrology chart there for free as a chart calculator on that page, quietmindastrology.com. All right, so we're going to listen to some actual uh, video. If you go on YouTube and just look up Astrology Debunked or things like this, uh, you'll see lots of videos like this. There's some from Vice and different uh, people like I mentioned. So I'm going to play some of those clips and give you my thoughts and response. So let's have a listen.
1: all this astrology business. Fundamentally, it's the contention that which constellations the planets are in at the moment of your birth profoundly influences your future. A few thousand years ago, the idea developed that the motions of the planets determine the fates of kings, dynasties, empires. Astrologers studied the motions of the planets and asked themselves what had happened last time that, say, Venus was rising in the constellation of the goat. Maybe something similar would happen this time as well.
2: Astrology is a primitive belief system made into elaborate pseudoscience. It arrogantly makes humans the focal point of the universe. The movement of planets is supposed to signify petty developments in our career or love life. It was developed in the 2nd century AD by the philosopher Claudius Ptolemy and has not moved on since, despite the discovery of new planets and despite a shift in the Earth's rotational axis that has thrown Ptolemy's zodiac out by
0: 23 degrees. Alright, so so we first heard Carl Sagan. Everyone loves Carl Sagan. Then we heard Richard Dawkins, who uh, could probably use some more love in his life. He's uh, best known as being incredibly cynical and skeptical about religion uh and uh that's he's written he has some great ideas but he's just so much of a tinge of cynicism all the time and as you could hear in his his introduction there all right so of course Carl Sagan's piece so far what we heard uh you know he has a little bit of twinge of uh skepticism which is i think okay but for the most part what he said is pretty uh, spot on of that astrology looks to the stars and the constellations and the planets and their movements to try to understand if so, Venus is here at this point, and we look back through history when it was there. Uh, are there some correlations? Are there some? Is there some sort of pattern that we can discover here? And of course, if you've listened to this podcast, I've mentioned many of those, and we look at those in the transits. So, uh, of course, I'm on board with that, as you can tell by the tone of his voice. I don't think he is. Okay, then we listen to Richard Dawkins, who obviously had a much more cynical tinge to his voice and he's he's basically saying that we're so arrogant that we look to the stars and think that it's all about how it affects us and our you know sh- what diet should we should have or what career we should follow or what relationship who should we date and i think i actually agree with that it's it's a very uh petty use of astrology it's there's so much more we can see beyond that uh but i don't think it's necessarily bad i think it's very helpful to better understand ourselves and the stuff just holds up ridiculously well uh, but he, he said some things in there that I obviously very much disagree with uh, from a Vedic astrology standpoint. Western astrology, he's actually right, and this is what led me to stop following Western astrology, because I am somebody who likes to question things, and I would hear like, okay, well, we're following, you know, the sun is in Aries at this point. All right, so I want to I wanna measure these things. I want to apply astronomy to astrology, because traditionally they were the same thing. 2000 years ago it was just one thing is astronomy and astrology were the same thing so I, i wanted to understand things better myself of like following the constellations and if you've done this you've seen that like he said here there's the precession of the equinoxes so it's now 23 to 27 that's a bit debatable uh around 23 to 27 degrees that The zodiac has moved since the original uh, sort of decision around 2,000 years ago. And when they were measured 2,000 years ago and they said Aries was here uh, in in Greece, in Babylon, uh, this is true and they were exactly right. And if you look back through history, astrologers fell out of favor about 100, 200 years later when the equinoxes started moving and their predictions were wrong and they would be murdered for wrong predictions. Uh, because they were now following an incorrect zodiac because they did not calculate the precession of equinoxes. But Vedic astrology has always calculated that and has references to the outer bodies of planets. The three outer bodies are in the Horashastra, the old Vedic text about, or the old Sanskrit text about astrology. That's sort of the source text of Vedic astrology. So, uh, to those points, Richard Dawkins is correct about Western astrology. But wrong about Vedic astrology, so it, it does factor in the precession of the equinoxes and has recognized the outer planets. And even if it didn't, uh, this is a science that's evolving, right? Just like astronomy didn't know about Pluto two thousand years ago. Uh, in most cases, neither did astrology. Uh, but of course, in the horashastra that there was references to these outer bodies. Uh, but even still we don't need those to make good predictions and that's why we don't still use those three outer planets in uh, Vedic astrology. But like any good science it should always be evolving and adapting and I personally do use those for predictions and understanding things better. They are helpful uh, and I think we should always be adapting and and if somehow we discovered a new planet uh, between Pluto and Neptune next year, We should add that to astronomy, and we should add that to astrology, right? We should always be adapting and evolving like any science. So to that point, I think he's off the mark there. But let's hear some more skepticism and criticism of astrology and just get some more perspective on things.
3: You probably know your sign.
0: So this is Bill Nye, the science guy, who I grew up seeing in school. Maybe you're around that same age.
3: Or do you? Try this. Wait for your birthday, then stay up all night. And watch where the sun rises. It will pass in front of one of the 12 constellations of the zodiac. They say, I'm a Sagittarius. So on my birthday, you might expect the sun to rise in the constellation Sagittarius. And it did 2,000 years ago when the Babylonians made all this up. But it doesn't now. In the last 2,000 years, the earth has wobbled like a top. So now on my birthday, the sun rises in Scorpio, not. Sagittarius. So maybe you'd have to be a Capricorn to be a Sagittarius, and Scorpios would have to be Libras. See astrologers are off one full sign. In two thousand more years they'll be off two signs. But they don't seem to care. So in these reflective moments I ask myself, am I a fun-loving Sagittarius or a sexy Scorpio?
0: again that's just the western astrology and i totally agree with that perspective that uh, we should not use the tropical zodiac which is based on a 2000 year old calculation uh, and we should use the vedic sidereal zodiac which is based on the following the precession of the equinoxes the tilt of the earth as well so fully agree with bill nye the science guy on that but he just doesn't know about Vedic astrology. And that's kind of the the hard thing here is uh, I cannot find anybody debunking or trying to debunk Vedic astrology. So if you find a video like that, I'd love to see it and uh, learn something. I'm not trying to just be right here. I want to, I want to challenge my beliefs. So if you find something or you have a perspective that I'm missing here, I'd love to hear. Uh, But we'll keep going through because there's some more good insights here in this video.
1: Look at this. Here's,
0: Here's Carl Sagan again.
1: Two different newspapers published in the same city on the same day. Let's uh, let's see what they do about astrology. Suppose you were a Libra that is born between September 23rd and October 22nd. According to the astrologer for the New York Post, uh, compromise will help ease tension. Well, maybe it's sort of vague. According to the New York Daily News's astrologer, demand more of yourself. Well, also vague, but also pretty different. It's interesting that these predictions are not predictions. They tell you what to do. They don't say what's going to happen. They're consciously designed to be so vague that it could apply to anybody. And they disagree with each other.
0: All right. So I agree with him on this, that... uh, vague general horoscopes are not usually helpful and in this case he's talking about a libra so in western this would mean a libra sun so just going by that sort of standard okay so your libra is generally your personality so what do we know about libras well they tend to maybe be too giving of themselves and not put themselves first they put others first Uh, maybe too compromising too yielding Right, so all those general qualities is basically what they addressed in these horoscopes of Suggesting that they should be compromising in one or that they uh, should be more essentially putting themselves first in the other So it's two perspectives of the same interpretation of just Libra in general and of course, I don't know the the transits that were happening at the time uh, But that is super general And that could apply to just any Libra, any time, any day. And of course, he was just reading one line. I don't know the whole context, but I would assume that, and from what I've seen of horoscopes, of course, over the years, they are all generally pretty vague in general. Um, And in my horoscopes that I give here, I actually was very resistant to even doing horoscopes on the podcast for that reason, because I didn't want to be too vague in general. Instead, what I like to focus on is what is the cycle? What cycles are we going through? Like right now, I just shared this past week, we're in the Saturn cycle of about 100 days or so, which uh, happens to end right around the time of the U.S. elections. So it's this specific time period where something is happening. And what's happening? Well, it depends on where the planets and the signs are, but I think that's a more helpful way of looking at things, almost like an episodic approach to life of like, okay, this energy, these qualities are more up for me more dominant right now especially for example if like your uh saturn uh in your first house or several planets in capricorn or a strong saturnine focus of your chart then the saturn transit is going to be really effective for you and really impactful uh, but there's only so much you can do with a general uh predictions that are going to apply to everybody it has to be kind of vague in general but actual looking at a chart of course is extremely specific because then you can look at what house it's in what sign it's in what rules that house all sorts of aspects and relationships what dasha you're in what your annual chart is what your d9 what your age is there's a house for every age of your year so there's a whole lot you can look at individually but yes general all around all-purpose horoscopes are going to be more general and i think the solution that i found to that is to talk more about and focus more on cycles of okay we're in this cycle where saturn is in this energy and this is a possible positive or negative expression of that energy and here's how we can focus on the positive expression of it so I hope that's helpful from what I've heard from my feedback on this episodes that people are really enjoying it and finding it helpful. You know, like with the Venus transit recently of like getting back into creative arts and maybe dancing or singing or doing things that reignite your creative expression, right? And that's going to be different for everybody and how it shows up. Maybe it's love and romance. Maybe it's singing and dancing. Uh, maybe it's designing graphics, right? So there's a whole host of ways it can manifest and it's going to be different for everybody. So let's listen to uh, this next clip here.
4: For the astrology test, each student was given a detailed horoscope. Robin, did you test it They were told it was drawn up by a professional based on information they had supplied about when and where they were born. I asked the students to grade them for accuracy on a scale of one to five. Five being the most accurate. Uh, How many gave it a one? Let's see a show of hands. Two.
0: Three. No hands. Four. Most
4: hands. And five. All the hands. Okay. So we scored pretty highly with this then. Let's do a little experiment. You've got your horoscopes right in front of you. Take them in your hand like this and hand them over your shoulder to the person behind you.
0: All right, so it's a classroom setting, you know, like a sort of rows of students, and uh, they've all been handed these packets with their horoscope, and they all said that there are four or five on accuracy for them, and now they're going to pass their horoscope to the student behind them.
4: Okay, everybody, and the guy at the end down there, you'll have to come up to the front, because these people in the front don't have one now. Okay. Everybody change them around? Everybody's got a Open up somebody else's horoscope and read it carefully, please. Oh, God! <laughs> what a surprise! They had all received the same horoscope.
0: So, and that's a sort of confirmation bias thing of like, if you really want to believe something and you're taking general uh, descriptors of things, then you can make them apply to you and find the truth in it. And I don't think that's an entirely bad thing, right, because we can sort of all look at Uh, something and interpret it what it means to us and what resonates with us and it's like a Rorschach block like blob block blot (laughs) Rorschach blot Uh, we'll all look at that and see something different and it'll be something resonant and relevant it's like oh it reminds me of my childhood and brings up this memory Right, so uh, in general, horoscopes and astrology are speaking in the abstract, the ethereal, the occult, the mystical, the uh, intuitive. It's beyond reason and words and logic sometimes. It's this feeling and this sense. So there's certain phrases that will resonate and stick out to us, and if we're searching for those, then we'll find them. All right. So there is a confirmation bias so that, yeah, you could probably pick up any horoscope and and find truth in it and really you have all 12 signs in your chart they're all in there they're all playing some different role as we all have the qualities of Aries in us we're all competitive in some way in some area of our life we're competitive in some area of our life we want to be ambitious and driven we all have Taurus in us in some area of our life we like luxury and nice things and we're patient in some in some areas and depending on where in your chart it lands and what house and what planets and everything it's all going to dictate that so you could just list out you know like in my vedic astrology 101 course there's dozens of keywords for every sign and you could just list out random keywords from all those signs. You could take patient, eccentric, uh, ambitious, caring, nurturing, maternal. You could take all those qualities and maybe it's like oh well I'm not really maternal but everything else yeah. So you take the ones that resonate with you. So in some ways astrologers are really more about Tapping into intuition. And this is what all the Vedic teachings are really about. It's not about head knowledge. It's about the knowledge that knows knowledge. It's beyond knowledge. It's beyond logic. It's beyond reason and rationale. And this is why, even if you go to a Western astrologer and they're using the system that I would say is not based on where the actual placement of the stars is, but it is accurate as its own system within itself, right? Like if they look back 30 years ago, their system will say that something was happening that's also happening now, All right? Just like uh, in, in Vedic astrology, there's certain cycles of Saturn. Like 30 years ago, Saturn was where it is now. Uh, and that would also be true in Western astrology because there are, as a system within itself, it's accurate. So the real skill of the astrologer is not in necessarily reading the language of astrology and having accurate predictions but having good insight and intuition into the person and being able to feel into how things are playing out and manifesting for that person so there is a level of purely insight non-verbal intuition and that can apply to anybody so like you could uh, just take those list of keywords and then you take the ones that resonate with you and leave out the rest. And that is one way of doing astrology and it actually can be helpful. Now I think this is where it kind of breaks down as a science because if you're just relying on the confirmation bias of the person reading it, then you can just write anything and people will just agree with it and find a way to agree with it. Now where Vedic astrology in particular is incredibly profound is, like for me, you know, my first reading, it says, okay, you're going to have a loss of your father. You're going to have this kind of difficulty in your childhood. And this event happened at this age. And those sort of things are what really stood out to me of like, oh, wow, this is really, uh, very precise. Like, how did they know that? Like how good, and and my astrologer, you know, that I first worked with, uh, I've mentioned before, is a great teacher. And uh, I was just blown away by the things that he knew about me that, uh, How would you know those things? That's very insightful and very interesting. So, and you know, after talking to him later, it is part intuition and part insight. And he has very dedicated yoga meditation practices. And I think that helps a ton. And uh, I would look for that in any astrologer that they have some sort of uh, spiritual practice and uh, touch with uh, greater wisdom and knowledge beyond just their head knowledge. And Within Vedic astrology, the the, seas, the way you can see the cycles and patterns, uh, you know, it's very some very clear indicators of losing a father or losing a family member or losing a job or things like this. So those things are far more precise, and that requires a real reading. And I think to make this uh, previous clip more fair, they they could have had somebody actually get their real information and make predictions based on that and interpretations based on that and compared that to the general horoscope and see how they fared of course they didn't do that it was a very biased uh little research experiment and it gets a nice little reaction from people but i would be curious to see that if you took somebody uh and maybe that's something i could do in the future maybe i don't know if you're interested in that uh Maybe we could figure something out to do some sort of study and uh, basically have one group. Basically, you get the fake horoscope that's general and the same for everybody, and then you get the uh, the actual real horoscope and... Uh, that would be like the other sample group. I've never done research uh, like this to make sure that it's scientifically validated. So if you have any insight or suggestions on that, that'd be fun, actually. I'd be interested in, in uh, pursuing that because I think we could find some cool results. Moving along with our video, let's listen to some more. We 20 people
2: at random. We asked them to read that week's horoscope for Capricorn, but as a test, we said it applied to their own star sign. Astrologers say this should fit just Capricorn and not the rest. But what actually happened?
5: Yeah, maybe. To
4: be honest, I felt there's some Mercury energy this week because there's a lot of arguments around and a lot of bad vibes. Um,
0: so they're saying this is a Sagittarius rising, or no, Sun, Sun sign. This is Western, and the last Aquarius Sun.
2: Yeah, that that, that kind of makes sense. What a light junk.
0: Could apply to me as much as to the next person.
2: Was it, yeah, well, in a way, yeah. I am. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going on a flamenco course in Spain. That isn't necessarily pertaining to me this week. It's pertaining to me generally. A rubbish. <laughs> the same number of people agreed that the horoscope was accurate for them as disagreed, and similar results are found with proper large-scale experiments. Technically, all but one of our group should have disagreed. Namely, our only Capricorn. Is that to
5: you? Not at this moment, no.
1: Astrology can be tested. Alright,
0: so that was uh, another similar test. So again, I would be curious to see if they actually did the opposite of getting Astrologer to give them a reading. But to be fair, this is what... Most astro—most people think of astrology. It's like, oh, I'm going to look up my horoscope for this week. And that's what they get. Some sort of very general thing like this uh, based on their sun sign. So, yeah, it is fair to that degree. Uh, but it would be cool to see if they actually got a personalized horoscope. But, of course, that's not how 99% of people think about astrology or use astrology. Moving on, Carl Sagan again.
1: By the lives of twins there are many real cases like this one twin is killed in childhood in say a riding accident or is struck by lightning but the other lives to a prosperous old age suppose that happened to me my twin and i would be born in precisely the same place and within minutes of each other exactly the same planets would be rising at our births if astrology were valid how could we have such profoundly different fates get a group all right
0: so twins now if you just look up identical twin studies you'll see countless examples of twins who were separated at birth and went on to live the exact same life and do the exact same things and even go on the same vacations at the same beach at the same time and not even run into each other somehow uh, but they meet decades later and they find out they've been living the same life so those are identical twins are more likely to have this situation Uh, and birth time typically from what i understand is doctors will just write the same birth time for twins they don't actually uh it might be five minutes ten thirty minutes later sometimes in many cases from what i've seen online is they'll just write the same time and if you happen to know any insight about that because i don't know much about that just from what i googled Uh, But I'd be curious to hear if you know for sure if that's the case or if that's not the case. Happy to be corrected on that. Uh, But yeah, you can can see lots of uh, examples of this, twin studies, where they they have the same life. And you can see examples where they have very different lives. So what I would suspect and be curious to know, and uh, this is again possibly another research topic at some point, uh, if they were born enough apart that they had a different nakshatra because the nakshatra can make a massive difference, and it can be just minutes apart that you're in a different nakshatra with your rising and moon sign. So that's, there's, uh, we all know the zodiac, 12 divisions of the sky. The nakshatras are 27 divisions of the sky, and within each of those, four more divisions, padas. so 108 divisions of the sky, uh, and it, that, that nakshatra changes especially for the moon very quickly and uh, if they were born just a few minutes later they could be in a different nakshatra and have a much different personality even though they would have pretty much everything else the same they could also have a different rising sign that would change everything uh, and that can all change just within minutes so that's a possibility and uh, something i haven't researched a ton so that's a possible uh, another study at some point uh, that i'd be interested in doing that's his thoughts now we go to uh neil degrasse tyson who's uh kind of the spokesperson for space in modern times let's hear what he thinks classroom of people a group of people who are
5: believers and don't don't do what they want this is what you do go to the horoscope that day pluck one at random read it to that audience and say whose horoscope did i just read Two thirds of the hands will go up, okay? Which we know is not what, what, what's, how that's supposed to work. It should really be one twelfth, if it had any sense at all. That's the simplest test that I know, to demonstrate to someone that it's just bunk, other than the rational arguments that you might spend time offering, like where the sun was when you were born doesn't match where it was 2,000 years ago when this got laid out. And the fact that there are 14 constellations in the zodiac, not 12, One of them is ophiuchus all right
0: so ophiuchus is uh basically half of scorpio uh it still holds though everything i've tested against this uh yes scorpio is actually a very small section of the sky uh other constellations make up much bigger sections of the sky so 12 divisions is not accurate but when you get down to 108 divisions now we're talking about being very precise and it's not based on Ophiuchus or Scorpius or any of the other constellations it's actually uh, this whole other system that's not exactly uh, in alignment with the signs of the zodiac which is more of a Greek concept but he mentioned the 2,000 year old uh, structure again I'm on board with that and he mentioned the thing I already talked about of just giving a random horoscope now I will say uh, like what like my partner Christine does with the astrology now podcast she goes into where the house is so say for example she's looking at what's happening with the cancer rising or cancer moon and uh, what house houses are being significantly affected at that point based on the saturn rahu all the planets and all just looking at everything holistically So this is more precise. Some of the uh, other horoscopes and newspapers and stuff probably do this. But again, 99% of them are Western astrology. So they're not even going to be accurate for you anyway. Uh, But you do want to make sure if you are going to look at some generalized horoscope like this, they're addressing the big picture holistically. What's happening, you know, with all the planets, not just uh, your sun and Capricorn sort of thing. Let's continue with Neil. Ophiuchans here, okay? Some people know they're Ophiuchans.
5: The Sun after passing through Scorpio spends more time in Ophiuchus than it did in Scorpius. So if you thought you were Scorpion you're probably Ophiuchan and all Ophiuchans and Scorpions are currently Librans. That's how that plays out.
2: How could the rise of Saturn uh, possibly be a signifier for something that's going on physiologically in a person's body? The position of planets in, in, in how the would it of the work?
5: Is, this is
4: what you keep coming back to ask me. How could it how possibly it work? work? Yes, And I've told you, I don't know. It's a deep, dark mystery. <laughs>
0: All right, I don't think... Uh, I, I suspect that Richard Dawkins uh, is very selective with what he presents in his videos. Uh, just like in that last video, like he, he mumbled a bit there about how uh, half of them thought uh, it was bunk in their horoscope, but he didn't show those half of the people, right? So he has a bit of a, uh, confirmation bias of his own there. And then he interviews this guy who has no arguments for him and just basically, uh, says, well, it's all a mystery. I don't know. Right. So, uh, I think that's not a good argument, of course, not very helpful in the conversation. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, if you understand anything about einstein's discoveries uh, essentially how the the orbit of the planets in the solar system creates an effect on earth that creates our gravity right and there's this sort of uh, mass to the earth and i'm not anywhere qualified to talk about this but i've seen enough to understand that okay there's some influence of the planets on each other in the solar system there is an influence and of course the moon affects the tides significantly and the moon affects women's cycles significantly so uh, there's a sort of syncing up with the moon that happens for a lot of women not always but uh, we all we know it definitely affects the oceans and the waters here on earth so there's something to that so This isn't scientifically proven at this point. And I would be curious if there's some way to research this or if any of you know any research in this direction of how specifically we can see uh, influence of other planets on what's happening here on Earth. And of course, we all know that if the Earth and the Moon the relationship to the Sun was even just one degree different than it is right now, the entire planet would be a completely different experience the whole atmosphere, every life form on earth would be completely different, right, so it's this very, very precise alignment that's allowed for life as we know it, and if it were any different, it would be very different, so uh, there, of course, the sun has a massive effect on what we experience here on earth, Uh, but yeah, most people in in general, we're all very narcissistic in some way. We're all thinking about, you know, how does this affect me? What can I make of this information? What am I going to do with this? So yes, it's very natural to uh, use this tool or any tool or any sort of divination or exploration, self-discovery of like understanding how does this affect me and what kind of decisions can I make with this? Uh, And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to uh, see it as a personal Uh, experience how can I make the most of this what does this mean for me but he's suggesting well why does it just affect you and not you know the eels and the dolphins and the rhinos and the the planets and the atmosphere and everything else on earth and I would suggest that it probably does and it, it actually does quite significantly so that's not something we really talk about because it's usually not something of interest but there's definitely ecological factors environmental factors and and the Vedic teachings about the yugas and the uh, long periods of time, there's definitely reference to the significance on the environment and what's happening in the world as a whole. So, yeah, it, it is a mystery. I agree with this, this guy he's talking to, but it also, uh, are some th- there's some things we can measure and we can just look back and say, you know, these certain things, like I mentioned before in the recessions episode, saturn and capricorn has happened when there is recessions and so that doesn't mean always but quite a few of them there's a lot of uh, linking up of saturn and capricorn equals recession saturn aspecting the fourth house when it's in capricorn has a major impact on the home and the housing crisis that happened in 2006 All right so right now is a lot of this stuff happening right now with saturn and capricorn so that's not necessarily personal, but that's an example of how like it can be more than just, you know, who should I date and what should I wear today sort of things.
1: How could it possibly work? How could the rising of Mars at the moment of my birth affect me then or now? I was born in a closed room. Light from Mars couldn't get in. The only influence of Mars which could affect me was its gravity. But the gravitational influence of the obstetrician was much larger than the gravitational influence of Mars mars is a lot more massive but the obstetrician was a lot closer
0: i believe us yeah uh i i think gravity may be a factor uh there's majority of space is dark matter and we don't know what that is at this point in science Uh, so i'd be curious if there is some interconnection of all of planets in the solar system to us here on earth Just like if we zoom into our hand, extremely close, it's mostly space between the atoms, if we get in really close there, Uh, as above, so below. So I would be curious to see if there's some way we can measure other influences over time, and maybe it won't be in our lifetime. Uh, But I would suspect that there is more influence than he's giving credit to, Uh, but at least he's acknowledging that there is some influence there of Mars on the planet Earth. And uh, yeah, you're in a room being born, uh, but th- there are bajillion factors, of course, beyond that room that are you could certainly measure that are affecting you. Uh, so I think that's not the best argument. And uh, of course, I would, I would wonder if he ever actually got a reading from an astrologer, because that's where it all really clicks, because you can't just look at horoscopes in the paper and say that's what astrology is, because it's really, that's not it. Technology
2: misleads the public, denies scientific progress, and belittles our universe. There's a far richer way of looking at the cosmos. Astronomy is a triumph of the human intellect, a real science, constantly enriched by new evidence.
1: The desire to be connected with the cosmos reflects a profound reality for we are connected not in the trivial ways that the pseudoscience of astrology promises but in the deepest ways
0: all right what a note to end on uh so hope you enjoyed uh my pseudoscience response to <laughs> the superior science of astronomy and I uh, got some perspective and insight on that. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see somebody doing this with Vedic astrology and the sidereal zodiac and actual horoscopes for the person and actual astrologers uh, giving readings and not just some guy saying, well, it's all a mystery. I don't know. All right, so I think there's uh, much more debate to be had and much more conversation to be had and opportunities for a real conversation and growth. And I will add uh, something by Saad who is a Hindu and grew up using astrology and around it. And essentially he talks about how uh, we can't just rely on astrology as uh, the absolute truth or controlling our lives or making our live decisions based on astrology. Uh, it's a tool, it's a resource, it's like looking at the weather. It's like, okay, I know it's going to rain today. It doesn't mean I have to stay inside. It doesn't mean I have to do X, Y, or Z, but I can be aware that that's a factor and influence. But ultimately, I have 100% responsibility for what I choose to focus on, how I choose to direct my energy. No matter what I'm looking at, astronomy, astrology, Vedic, Western, any tool I'm using is just for me to get some perspective and insight and often some validation. And that's how I found my first reading. It was like, that's just very validating. And it helped me clarify a lot of things. Because I was kind of confused, not sure which direction to go. Am I on the right track? Is there something I'm missing? What's the bigger picture here? And seeing my chart, it just validated like, yes, yes, yes. That feels right. That feels true. I'm on the right track here. Uh, and it didn't say like, oh, well, I've got to do this because it's in my chart. It's more validation. And I think it's an incredible tool for that. Ultimately, yes, we have 100% responsibility, and it doesn't matter what it says in the paper or in some sun sign horoscope or even in an in-depth horoscope. That's all helpful guidance, and it's all ultimately got to resonate with your true self and your intuition, your atman, your purpose, your, your dharma in this lifetime. Why are you here? How can you be of service to others? And uh, are these things that you're seeing about astrology, this reading you got, or this horoscope you read, what resonates with you? What lights you up? There's usually some sort of spark, some divine spark of guidance and insight. Trust that and follow it. And you heard those words for a reason. You saw that for a reason. Trust it, follow it, and move in that direction. And as long as it's helpful, keep coming back to it. Keep using it to give yourself guidance and uh insight and uh, move forward in that direction and if it at some point is no longer useful then move on and maybe you've become enlightened and uh, you you've got that direct link to source and you just know what to do all the time and you just do it and that's great too uh, but we all need guidance at different times and we all need support and we're all interconnected and we can't always see everything clearly as our human natural selves So astrology gives us tool to see beyond ourselves into what's happening in the divine cosmic order of things So I hope you found this helpful and if you'd like to learn more about your divine cosmic order You can schedule a reading at quietmindastrology.com or do the Vedic Astrology 101 course Which I assure you is not using the 2,000 year old outdated system that all of these scientists like to harp on uh, Because they I guess either don't know about Vedic astrology or uh no they can't debate it there i said it yes all right so i'd like to see somebody try and uh maybe i'll uh, put my foot in my mouth by saying that so if you know somebody if you've seen somebody i'd love to see this and uh, we can explore that in a future episode so i'll see you back here on monday for your weekly horoscope and i assure you It will be generalized and you'll all think it's exactly written perfectly for you and you'll all think it's amazing no matter what sign you are and I'll see you there on Monday in the horoscope.